Dr. Warren E. Meeks Sr. presents this inspirational, challenging, and life-changing message to encourage, inspire, and motivate you to keep marching towards your destiny. Now, Dr. Warren E. Meeks Sr. All right, now, go to the book of Romans. Go to the book of Romans, Romans chapter number 12. And my assignment for the next several weeks is a call to godly living. A call to godly living. A lot of people is missing the mark because we we don't have our life together or set in order with God. It's too much out there that God wants to give us and bless us with. But we are out of position. Amen. And, and you have to realize that you're either going to be a Christian and live for God or you're going to be a Christian and live like the world. Either or, you have a choice. You need to ask yourself, do I live like a godly Christian or do I live like I'm of the world? Amen. And so, and so we, we, we're going to talk about that for the next several weeks in regards to a call to godly living. God is calling you to live holy. And you need courage to live holy, to make holy decisions and holy choices. Because the pressure and the weight of the world will absolutely have you to do the wrong thing. But you have to have a bold resolve that I'm going to live godly. Say I'm going to live godly. In Jesus name. The Lord told me, he said, son, tell my people that heaven is stacked up with blessings and the earth is overflowing and overrunning with the manifestations of the blessings of God. And the problem is, you got to fix my mic. The problem is that you are just walking over and around and around your blessing. Amen. I can prove a point. Whenever you decide to get a new car, you all of a sudden see that car all over the place. Before you decided to get a particular car, you were still traveling down the same roads and in the same places repeatedly, but you never saw the vehicle. But until you begin to focus and isolate on one particular vehicle you wanted, all of a sudden, you begin to see that vehicle all over. I seen one there. I seen one here. I see it here. Is that right? Well, the Bible says that, you know, the eye is the focus of the body. And what we focus on, it consumes our body. And so I said all that to say this, that when we, when we begin to focus on righteousness, then the blessings of the Lord is revealed in our everyday lives. You, 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 you didn't understand what I just said. God don't have to create anything new. Everything has already been created. It's just that we've been walking around and by our blessings every day. It's because our focus is not right. 
um, because we're caught up in a triangle. We're either going to live how the world live or we're going to live how God says. And most of us yield instant gratification. And that is what the world delivers. Let us, let us, let us. I'm going to read this in the Amplified. Romans chapter 12. Are you there? Um, um, Let us read verses one and two. I'm going to read it in the Amplified. And it says, I appeal to you. Um, brethren, and beg of your view of all the mercies of God. All the word Paul is saying, look here, I am making a serious call. I am appealing unto your understanding. You got to understand that the, you know, the, 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 the church at Rome was engulfed in a lot of worldly stuff. But yet there was Christians within that territory. And, and, and Paul was saying, look here, look here. You either going to live for God or you're going to live for the world. You got to make your choice because the most important thing is somebody is watching you. He says, so I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, and beg of you to view in view of all the mercies of God to make a decisive dedication of your bodies, presenting all your members and faculties as a living sacrifice, holy, devoted consecrated and well-pleasing to God, which is your reasonable, rational, intelligent service and spiritual worship. You got to understand that when Paul said we have to present our bodies, he's not talking about our physical body. God don't want your physical body. God wants your total being. He wants your mind, your soul, and your heart. He said, when you present your bodies, God wants all of you. He wants all of you. He wants your total commitment. He, he, don't, he ain't talking physical. Say he's talking total me. It's time out for... <coughs> Giving God just a portion of our life. God wants all of our life. We have to present our bodies. A what? Living sacrifice. Say living sacrifice. See, see, when I present my body, God is saying I have to surrender all my personal rights. Let me say that again because we're talking about a call to godly living. So if I have to surrender all my personal rights, then that tells me that what I was about last week or last year or in the past don't matter to God. That tells me that what people have done to me and what I want to do back unto them don't matter to God. Who hurt me and, and, and who rejected me and, and who, who, who betrayed me. God is saying that don't matter. That's not to point you got to surrender and give up all your rights and that 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 hurts a lot of people right now because you think you got the right to revenge what somebody 
might have done unto you. <coughs> you have no right when we present ourselves a living sacrifice unto God. Tell your neighbor you got to drop the old attitude. God wants my life. And see, and a lot of you think that the Holy Spirit is just going to make it automatic for you. No. Watch this here. Now, now you're probably saying, well, a godly life, a godly life or godly living. What is that? Well, that is one who obeys, serves and love God with all that they have. Their focus in life is to obey God, to love God. To serve God. They trust God so much. That what God says in his word. Is our final authority of how we going to live life. We have to get to a point where we serve God. Because we love him. We serve God because we love him. Not because of what we could get from him. We serve him because we love him. I love God so much when he just took the stink out of my life. That was God. It is so easy to be who I really am. Than for me to try to perpetrate a fraud of who I'm really not. I love God because he accepts us as the way we are. We don't have to do anything special to get before God. He just says, come just as you are and present yourself a living sacrifice. So when I do that, I empty out myself and allow God to be the final authority in my life. It takes the weight and the pressure of me trying to impress, trying to make it out of life. My Lord, my Lord. Holiness now is a sacred, blameless, pure person in conduct. Let me say that again, because we're going to read some scriptures where it says that we have to be holy because God is holy and God is calling us to holiness. He's calling us to be sacred and blameless and, and pure. In conduct. I have a question for you. Um, Can your colleagues on your job. Do they know that you're different? Do they know that there's something different about you? Or do you just fit in with the clique? See. see, it's, It's fine where you at now. You don't shine where you at now because everybody is of light. But you shine in places where there's no light. And so you become to be a peculiar person in the places where there is a lot of darkness. It's, and people is attracted to light. So what are you doing in your environment of a non-church place? Do they know there's something different about you? Or are you living your life like the world living? You slip up and cuss like them. You get heavily involved in their ungodly conversation. 
I just asked a question. You don't have to shut down on me. I, I just asked a question. Because if you can answer the question and make an allegiance to the question that I'm going to serve God, then God will commit himself unto you and begin to change your life. Go to the second book of Corinthians because it is our responsibility to mature in holiness. Say it is my responsibility to mature in holiness. It says here, are you there? Verse number, um, chapter number seven, chapter number seven, second Corinthians, chapter number seven. Because once you have an understanding that God is calling us to, to godly living, then you tap into a grace that every child of God need. It says here, verse number one, are you there? Let us read, read together, read verse number one, read, read together, read. draw your attention here because because Paul brings something very interesting out he said let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and we think filthiness just reside in the flesh but then he says and the spirit and it's the little as spirit and so there is filthy spirits that tries to attach itself to us to try to dominate and control how we think. Um, and and these, these spirits become to be habitual. Yeah, yeah, there's, there's, there's things that we know in the flesh that we can automatically just cleanse ourselves from, you know, because we know it's, it's not, it's not right before God. You know, it's easy to just say flesh, we got to stop lying and flesh, we got to stop doing this. When it's a fleshly thing, it's an easy thing to stop because of the anointing. But when it becomes to be a spiritual thing. When our spirit becomes to be hooked up with filthy spirits, uh, you know, possessions and addictions and habitual stuff that we just crave for. Now we have to go a different route to cleanse ourselves. Uh, these, these spiritual things like to attract us to other spirits of our likeness. Um, yeah, yeah, you find yourself, you know, like a dog and hanging around other dogs and you don't know why you do what you do. Tell your neighbor, you got to cleanse yourself from the filthy spirits. Yeah, 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 yeah. You ever heard of habitual liars and druggies and, and, and you all kind of, you know, those are spirits. And it takes us another spirit to dominate another spirit. You just can't say three Hail Marys and get on your knees and confess Jesus and expect for you to be cleansed. Oh no, you need the power of the Holy Ghost to come and deliver you. Snatch you out of that habitual habit. You stuck in pornography, you stuck drinking, you stuck smoking, and you just can't get away from it. It's a filthy spirit. 
And the thing about the flesh, filthiness, you can confess it to others. And you could be delivered easy. But when it comes to that filthy spirit, it don't want you to confess to others. Because he knows that when you begin to confess it, that's your day of deliverance. You see, these filthy spirits is embarrassing. Uh, you know, you're shameful. It's, it's a lot of guilt that follow these filthy spirit things. That's why you don't want to confess. But if you get over embarrassment, you'll be on your way to deliverance. They like to hide and loom and creep along the earth and hide in closets. But you got to expose it. We're talking a, a call to godly living. And it says then perfecting holiness. Um, perfecting means to mature. And so in order for us to perfect holiness, we have to grow in the word. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We have to grow in the things of God by being around the things of God. I have to hang around credible others that's demonstrating a God-centered lifestyle. They don't hit and miss. They are consistent. I have to stay in the word. I have to pray. I, I have to train myself. God's words have to be more important than TV. You got to realize that if we don't train ourselves in holiness, then our blessings go by the wayside. Say they go by the wayside. Go to the book of Leviticus. Um, that's in the New Testament. The Old Testament is it's right after the book of Exodus and before Numbers. Um, Leviticus chapter number 11. Um, God demands holiness. Say God demands holiness. And, and, and are you there? Are you there? I'm just getting started because I'm just giving you some groundwork here. I just want you to, I want to throw some things so you can begin to think. It's hard for you to live a victorious life. And when you have not decided you're going to live for God. You just can't live for God now. And then tomorrow you find yourself, oops, there it is. That don't work. Say that don't work. Now look at verse 44 and 45. God demands holiness. God says, for I am the Lord your God. Ye shall therefore sanctify yourself. Say I got to sanctify myself. God gives us all the tools to be clean. And, and, and God expects for us to cleanse ourselves. You, you see, you want the Holy Ghost to wash you. No, the Holy Ghost will show you how to use the soap and water. We got to wash ourselves. Sanctify yourselves and ye shall be what? For I am what? Holy. Neither shall you defile yourselves with any manner of creeping things that creep upon the earth. So in order to stop these habitual filthy spirits and stop the filthiness of flesh, I got to sanctify myself in holiness. My conversation have to be sanctified. My conduct got to be sanctified. My eyes got to be sanctified. My thoughts got to be sanctified. I got to think holiness. 
Watch this here. Watch this here. Verse 45. It says, for I am the Lord that bringeth you up out of the land of Egypt. It is God that freed you from bondage. It is God that drew you to the altar and took away all the sin in your life. You was bound hog tied deep in sin. And it was God that brought you out of that slavery pit of Egypt. God brought you out. He didn't bring you out for you to be full of yourself. He brought you out so that he could be a witness through you. He said to be your God. Ye therefore shall be holy for I am holy. Say I'm holy. Say I'm holy. Say I may say it like you mean it. I'm holy. I got news for you. The holy you are. The more committed you are to the covenant of God. have covenant rights when I sanctify myself I have covenant rights God will behold nothing from me because I have rights see I got rights see I got rights watch this here go to Hebrew chapter number 12 we must commit our lifestyle to godly living see I got to commit myself I got to commit myself Watch this here. Now we're going to read, we're going to read 13 through 17. You know, are you there? Come on. Cause I want to get somewhere. Are you there? Verse 13 says this. It says, and make straight paths for your feet. Did, did, did you get that? The Bible says that I am supposed to make myself straight paths for my lifestyle. My feet represent how I live my life. I'm supposed to make my life be a life of righteousness, a life of holiness. It is my choice. It is my decision. As anointed as I am right now and as holy as I am right now, I still have a choice to either serve God or serve the world. It is that choice right now I have. I can either hold my peace or I can cuss you out. It's my choice. You are what your mind is made up to be. You are how you process information. Watch this here. It says this. It says this. Least that which is lame be turned out of the way, but let it rather be healed. Watch this here now, verse 14, you better understand this. It says what? Follow what? With all men and what? Without which no man shall what? Say that again. Read verse 14 again. Read, read it loud. Read. <clears throat> news for you. I'm just a straight shooter. God said that we should not be strifers or hell raisers. God don't like intense fellowship. He don't like, you know, fighting and all this anger and backbiting and you holding grudges and you can't stand people. It's going to be a whole lot of preachers thinking they going to heaven, but they going to end up in hell. Because you holding grudges with people. You don't have peace with all men. You got problems and issues with some men. 
you better get it right. And I don't care how much word you know. You better get it right with all people, all men, or the Bible clearly says you won't see him. It's plain and simple. A whole lot of you holding grudges. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. All those Negroes that left this church got problems with Dr. Meeks. If they don't get it right with me, they ain't going to see God. See, see, you don't have to agree with me. You don't even have to like me. But you better not hate me. You better not have an issue with me. You better be in peace with me. We don't have to agree, but we can still be at peace. But if you out there dogging me out, you ain't going to see God. It's not just with me. This is a universal principle. This is with everybody. You know how you got people you can't stand. Well, you keep on having those issues with people and you ain't going to see God. You should not give nobody that much authority in your life to stop the blessings of God flowing on you. How you gonna hate somebody that much? I don't care if they violated you, molest you, cuss you out, tripped on you, lied on you, sent you to jail falsely. You still have no right to hold a grudge against them. Didn't God say vengeance is mine? Oh, I know what I'm talking about because I, I, I listen to a whole lot of these preachers of how they, you, you say a name about somebody and they flip out. You ain't at peace with these people. And the Bible says, and the thing about this is, I got 10 minutes. The thing about this is, this principle is very deceiving because it didn't say you can't get a new car. It didn't say you can't get a raise. It didn't say you can't get a new house. It didn't say you can't pay your debt off or get a credit card. It didn't say you can't go on vacation. It didn't say you can't walk. So therefore, since these things are happening to you, you think you're okay. You think you're fine with God. And the more you see these people, the more hatred and malice builds up. And just because you're still flying around, think you're being blessed, you think you're safe. Don't you fool yourself. You won't see God. Didn't God say, they say, Lord, Lord, and he said, depart from me, you worker of iniquity, I knew you not. But Lord, we cast out demons in your name. We deliver people in your name. That's all right. You still didn't know me because you hated people. Watch this here. Watch this here. Looking diligently, Least any man fail of the grace of God. Least any root of bitterness springing up trouble you and thereby may defile you. When things don't go right, does it really trouble you? 
make you so complex you forget God. Something's going on. Verse 16. Least there be any fornication of profane persons as Esau who for one morsel of meat sold his birthright. How many Esau's do we got here? Esau had entitlement to the birthright, the blessings, the heir of God. But due to the fact that he fell by the wayside because of the pressure of the world, he sold his birthright and God hated him. Verse 17 said, for ye know how that afterward, when he would have inherit the blessing, talking about Esau now, he was rejected for he found no place of repentance. Though he sought it carefully with tears. My God, a lot of us in and out, a lot of us seeking God with tears. You want to be right, but you can't be right. You want to do right, but you just can't do right. Because you got this spirit of sin on you. Every time you want to do good, you find evil that's present. And the thing that you want to do good, you find not. You find that thing that you should not do, which is evil. That's what you do. You, you know, you, you cry because you want to be right, but you can't be. That's because you forfeited your blessing. You sold your birthright for a bowl of grits. What you selling out for? What are you selling your inheritance for? Is she worth it? Is he worth it? Is that lie worth it? Is the thing worth it? If flesh is it worth it? How can you forfeit the blessings of God on temporary gratification? My Lord, say my Lord. Let us go to first John. We got to, we got to love not the world. The world got a lot of us gripped bad. You forfeit cursing yourself with the tithe because you want to ride in the Cadillac. You want the best of God, but right now you're holding on God's money. I'm going to give you an opportunity after I get done preaching this message to get it right with God. Watch this here. The reason why you're holding on to God's money is because you're holding on to the world. You got to understand your passion, your desires, your craving for the world. You want people to call your name. Well, let, I, I can make it easy for you. Let me call your name in church. Amen. No, you want to be the pimp daddy, the cool daddy. The, you, no, you, you. Watch this here. Watch this here. Are you there first, John? Chapter two. Say, I cannot allow the world to control me. I can't love this world. I can't love this world. I cannot love this world. Watch this here. Are you there? 
Look at verses 15 and 16. It says, what well, I want you to read. Read it. Come on, everybody get there. I want you to get there. You, you, you got to read it. It says, what? Love not what? Neither what? If any man what? The love of what? For all what? For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the father, but is of the world. When we lust, that's talking unrestrained appetites. We got to get it and we get it at any cost. Let me say that again. Lust of the world and the things of the world is unrestrained appetites. You would take God money, seed money, and go buy you something and put it on your back where you cannot afford. We got to have some restraints where I could just hold off and wait a little bit. Watch this here. Go to James. Go to James. James 4 and 4. You can't love God and love the world at the same time. You can't love God and love and love the world at the same time. You're either going to love God or you're going to love the world. But if you love the world, the love of God is not in you. That's why it's so easy for you to not be committed and not be faithful to the call of God. Because you love things and you love success. You love making money. You love buying. You love spending. You love the gold, you love the flash, you love the blingy bling, you love the women, you love the drugs, you love the partying. You love yourself. I know this is not a popular message, but that's okay. God told me to preach and be instant in season and out of season. I'm preaching to get you blessed. You got to love God and not yourself. Can you walk out in a adulterous relationship or can you walk away from fornicating? Can you walk away from shacking? Can you tell that woman you ain't my wife? Can you tell that man you ain't my husband? Can you lock up the promised land? Can you keep your drawers up and your zipper locked up? Somebody talk to me. Do you love that more than you love God? Which is it? I can't love panties and love God at the same time. Something got to go. I can't, be, I can't love being drunk and want to get drunk and go to the party and drink up. Then I love God. It just don't work. It just don't work. See, it just don't work. You ain't no party animal. You a Christian sold out for the Lord. Bought with a price. Some of you lie with no problem. You need to bust yourself out. Let me show you how to get delivered from lying. Next time you lie and you told a whole ton of lies, you stop yourself right in front of that person and just tell a person, don't believe nothing what I just said. I just lied. I need, I need for you to just pray for me. The things I just told you, it ain't true. I lied. 
You got to bust that flesh out. You got to tell on that flesh and you'll be on your way for deliverance. I mean, you just lie over silly stuff. You lie over dumb stuff. I mean, it, it don't even matter, but you lied. Watch this here. Watch this here. Four and four. Four and four says, ye adulterers and adulteries. Know ye not that the friendship of the world is entity with God? Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. Ain't no compromise. There's no middle. There's no straggling. If you love this more than you love God, then you are enemy to God. You could love your children more than you love God. You could love your wife more than you, than you love God. You could love your husband more than you love God. God will call you an enemy. Didn't Jesus says I come to separate mother from daughter, father from son. He ain't causing division in the family. He's making you to have a choice. You're going to love me and trust me more than you see in the flesh. He wants you to make a decision. Who do you love first? And God said, when you love me first, oh, I'll blow your mind. I'll bless you. I make sure your wife don't cheat on you. Your husband don't cheat on you. I make sure that y'all on one accord. Y'all providing and comforting one another. In my closing, in my closing, in my closing, I, I want to go to the book of Hebrew right quick because I, I, I and, and then I'm going to pick it up next week and we're going to discuss and have open discussion on Wednesday because you need to know why you do what you do. I mean, until you know how you do and what you do, then you can't get delivered. But this one thing, see, I, I, I want to know why I lie. You know, I, I, I want to know why, why I can't tell the truth. I, I, I want to know why when I get mad, I got to go get some drink. You know, I, 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 I want to know why when I get mad, I want to fight and hurt anybody. I want to know why I can't keep a job. I want to know why. Because it's not God. Because God says in the book of Psalms that he will withheld no good thing from you. And if God is not withholding any good thing, then what's the problem? It's not God. It's my covenant with God. It's my understanding with God. It's my commitment with God. So I got to understand and know why do I do the things that I do that cause harm and detrimental hurt to me. And I know the truth and it is the truth that shall make me free. I got to know why I do the things that's not pleasing to God. I need some deliverance. I, 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 I gotta know I, I gotta know why I got to steal I gotta know why I can't hold my course I gotta know why I faint in the middle of a war I got to know why If I understand and know the wise Then I can replace the wise with the shells I can be saved I shall be saved I am sold out I shall be sold out I am committed I shall be committed to God 
Oh my God, my God, my God. Watch this here in my closing. Um, Hebrews chapter number four. Chapter number four. My God, my God. Watch this here. We're going to begin at verse 14 and read down to 16. Are you there? It says, seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the son of God. Let us hold fast our profession for we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our what? Infirmities. But was in all what? Come on, read it now. But what? Yet. Do you understand what I just said? You know, we, 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 we think that we have a Jesus Christ. We think we have a big brother that don't understand our issues and problems because he represents purity and cleanness, which he is. But the Bible will not lie. The Bible said that he was tempted just like we was tempted he was tempted with the whore at the well. He was tempted to get drunk at the wedding. He was tempted with Satan to have power over everything. He was tempted by Satan to denounce God. But the Bible says he was without sin. So he understands. He understands me. And if he did it with the same power that he did it through, the same anointing that he conquered the world, he said, it is in us. So what Jesus did, I could do too. I could find myself resisting the drugs, resisting the ladies, resisting the men, resisting the money, resisting the lion to stay on board with Jesus Christ to allow my integrity to speak. I'm saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost. And when I commit myself to covenant with Jesus, then the promises of God is yes and amen. And I'm out of time. My God, my God, my God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor I could do it. I could be holy. I could be saved. I could be righteous. Thank you for supporting the media ministry of Newborn Fellowship Christian Center. One church in two locations. Senior Pastor Dr. Warren E. Meeks Sr. and Pastor Perdita Meeks. Dr. Meeks would love for you to visit and fellowship when you are in the Rochester, New York area. For service times or to order other inspiring messages or books, please write to P.O. Box 1109, Webster, New York, 14580. Or call our office at 585-342-5020. Or visit us online at www.newbornfellowship.org.